Welcome to the Association of Insurance Compliance Professionals podcast. AICP serves the insurance compliance community by promoting relationships, exchanging information, and providing learning opportunities within a dynamic regulatory environment. You're listening to Compliance Careers with your host, Bree Dahl, president of AICP. We are excited to welcome today's guests, Margaret Milkent and Sean Cox. Margaret is a talent strategist and a diversity and inclusion catalyst. As managing partner of the Jacobson Group, Margaret is a key ambassador in establishing strategic client relationships and broadening the firm's breadth of insurance talent solutions. Her passion lies in counseling clients on leadership selection, and she has successfully managed countless executive searches for more than 30 years. Margaret is a trustee and board chair for the Actuarial Foundation and is a board member for the Museum of Broadcast Communications and for the Executive Sisterhood, an organization promoting female leadership and businesses. Margaret is also a member of the Advisory Council of Upspiral Leadership. Additionally, she serves as a member of the Society of Actuaries Employers Council and the Women's Business Collaborative Advisory Council. Sean currently serves as president at First Consulting and has been with them since 1995. During that time, he has progressed through many different roles within the firm, including performing filing services, managing filing teams, drafting, advertising compliance, licensing, and marketing. Sean's experience includes group and individual life, annuity and health filings, personal and commercial property and casualty filings, and general compliance matters. Sean has held numerous regional and national officer positions within the AICP, received the AICP's President Award, and is a frequent speaker for multiple organizations. Hi, everyone. I am Bree Dahl, president with AICP, and joining me today is Sean Cox with First Consulting and Margaret Milken. She is an executive recruiter focusing specifically on the insurance industry, and our conversation today is going to focus on compliance careers. I, I think compliance can be buried within insurance companies, and it can sound really scary. So we're going to try and demystify some of the opportunities that are out there. Thank you, Margaret and Sean, for joining us today. I really, really appreciate you. Yeah, thanks for having us. I'm excited. Yes, me too, Bray. Thank you. I want to just dive right in. And Margaret, I'm going to start with you. Um, and Sean, feel free to just jump right in here. But um, what types of compliance careers are out there at insurance companies and in the industry at large? Um, the industry is really complex. It's heavily regulated. There are multiple different aspects to it. So can you give us some description of opportunities that are out there and what you deal with? Absolutely, Bree. Uh, the compliance sector is so vast and I'm going to say filled with great opportunity, both on the property casualty side, the life side, the health side, reinsurance, I mean, really across the board. I think that the variety of careers and opportunities, uh, as I said, is vast. So compliance and regulatory work will continue to be in demand. Uh, insurance, by its very nature, is a highly regulated industry. And the compliance role, really, um, in so many ways, is 
a collaborator, a facilitator, a liaison to all areas of an insurance organization. So compliance professionals, as you know, Brie, interface on the marketing side, on the product side, on the actuarial side, with finance, certainly with legal. There is a tremendous reach and opportunity for collaboration, synergies, and learning. So it truly is a gateway career. It is also a destination career. So I think for those thinking about entering the insurance arena, I think that compliance is definitely a place that could be a tremendous launching pad. Yeah, and I think something something you said in there that that it can be a, it can be a launching point or a destination is really interesting because I I think a lot of people see it as something that you work your way into. There's there's a common um, kind of joke among the insurance industry that you don't choose to work in insurance; it chooses you, or you fall into it. And I think compliance is even more that way in some regards. Is that a lot of people don't seek out a job in compliance. <laughs> you you just, you kind of work your way into it and then you fall in love with it. Um, so I, I kind of want to focus on the insurance companies for a second. What are, um, what are some of the job titles, um, some of the roles that people might look for at an insurance company? Yeah. Bree, that's a that's a great question. And I think there's a little bit of a misnomer, too, for people as they think about a compliance role. You don't have to be an attorney. You can be an attorney, but you don't have to be. So I think that's something to keep in mind when you're looking at these titles. So, you know, starting out, you might see a role that is a compliance analyst or a compliance and regulatory analyst. You might see the word regulatory affairs and compliance. Um, there's a lot of uh, different ways that we uh, that we jumble that alphabet soup, but typically the <laughs> word compliance and regulatory is a really good key that it's going to pull you into this particular discipline. And then, Sean, you work in the uh, business partner of our industry. What, what are some of the roles that you guys have available outside of insurance companies? And can you explain a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So uh, I work for an insurance consulting firm, and we operate solely in the compliance space within insurance. And and so from the consulting side of things, we're really a, an extra set of hands to help uh, insurance companies and carriers uh, complete the work that they need, or sometimes we're an extra layer of expertise for maybe a new service or product offering that they didn't have experience with. And so they need somebody with that outside experience to come in and help them. So in our role, we really do as much or as little of any of those job functions as the client may need. Uh, so that could include helping develop the products, um, working with actuarial uh, areas to help develop some of the, the pricing and reserves that go into to developing those products. Uh, there's market conduct related issues that we can help with. There's 
um, you know, monitoring state laws and regulations that come out impacting insurance compliance. And then there's also, you know, some of the, the more interesting areas sometimes can be related to fraud, uh, privacy, things of that nature. So for for both of you, um, I want us to talk a little bit about uh, what what are some of the skills and experience that you guys as, as a recruiter or as a hiring manager are looking for in your candidates? Because I think that that with a compliance role, whether it's an analyst or a manager, there's probably some common things that you guys are looking for. Absolutely, Bree. You know, I would say whether we're talking at the entry, the mid-level, or even the executive level, what is very important to me in my work in executive recruitment and staffing is those people, those professionals or emerging professionals who have a growth mindset. These are people who want to work hard, who want to learn, who have a hunger and an insatiable curiosity to know more and to do more. I think that those people that are insanely curious are going to excel in the compliance arena. The human skills that we talk about, I don't call them soft skills anymore. The ability to build relationships and influence and create collaboration, trust a bond. That's so important today, especially uh, in our digital world, uh, where we're many of us living our lives behind these screens. So it is uh, important to have those skill sets, in my opinion. And I'm sure, uh, Sean, you have more examples. Yeah. So, you know, Margaret, I, I think the the first item you mentioned is is really one of the key aspects that I'm really looking for when I'm talking to a, a new potential hire, and that's the desire to learn and improve. Uh, there just aren't that many of us out there in the compliance industry. So it's, it's common that you have people coming from either a different industry or new graduates who aren't going to have direct insurance compliance experience. So it's very commonplace. So as a result, I'm really looking for the person who has that internal desire to really learn and improve. Outside of that, there are a, a handful of, and some of these are going to be fairly obvious and fairly common, but I think they really, they really come home to roost in insurance compliance to a much larger degree. So the first of those, I always tell people that if you're going to enjoy this job, you really have to have a supreme attention to detail. You really have to be detail-oriented. I think everybody thinks of themselves as being detail-oriented, but in the compliance world, it really gets ratcheted up to a, another level. Uh, the other area where I find it really is beneficial is having a very high-level ability to multitask. And again, I think that's an area where everybody thinks they can multitask, um, but Bree, I think you can attest to it in the compliance world. You're constantly working with multiple different products across all 50 states, potentially, and each state views and interprets those products differently. So you are constantly jumping from one state, one product to another, 
throughout the day. And, and that's part of what I think is attractive about compliance from my perspective is it, it innately uh, provides a lot of variety into your job every single day. The, the final thing I, I guess I would mention in terms of skill set uh, would be uh, ability to meet deadlines. That's really a big one within the insurance industry. Uh, insurance companies are constantly rolling out new products, new objectives, and all of those come with very strict, very finite timelines. Uh, and, they're con- and, and they're also overlaid on top of each other. And so having that ability to demonstrate that you can hit deadlines, that's really an important quality and attribute that we look for. Yeah. And so one of the things that you just said kind of struck with me and it and talking about that ability to multitask, I think about how that that fits into me and my world and what I do and and where I came from, because there were um, early in my career, about every 18 months or so, um, I came up through underwriting uh, policy processing and underwriting. That was that's my background. And I really enjoyed it all, but about every 18 months, I would start to feel myself get really bored and antsy and I would be looking for my next opportunity. Okay. What am I going to do next? What, where, where's my next move? And taking, taking the step and going into compliance was, it was scary. It was something that I didn't know a lot about. And that was in 2007. Um, and I mean, we're in 2020 now it, it's, it's been 13 years and I've, I've had the same, my, my technical job title has changed just because of reorganizations and things like that. Um, but the work that I do is very similar to what it was when I started, but I have yet to get bored with it because insurance in and of itself is a slow industry to adapt to change. But within that, there is constant change. And especially when, like you mentioned, you might be working for a company that works across all 50 states, or you're working with multiple lines of insurance, you have to pivot on a moment's notice from one line of insurance to another, from one state to another, or from one body of work to another because somebody dropped something in your lap that just is on fire. Um, and, and you don't know from from one minute to the next or day to day what it's going to look like. I, I think I thrive in that environment and I know that I'm a really adaptable person. So I think that's something that's helped me be really successful and continue to enjoy a job for a long time. That's great. Bree, I wish I uh, could use you as a testimonial, and maybe I can, because it truly is a very, very attractive career. You know, if you think about a compliance professional, you're the ultimate connector. You have agility. You have a network. You have that ability to pivot and sometimes put out fires or know where a fire might be starting to smoke. So it is, I think, a pivotal role in the insurance sector and one that, frankly, needs a bigger spotlight put on it. Well, and I, I think that that companies are, are hesitant to put a spotlight on it for a couple of reasons. Um, it isn't, uh, compliance isn't sexy. Like, it, it sounds boring, and then you add on that it's insurance compliance, and 
anybody that you're talking to, you can watch their eyes glaze over and they're, they're done talking to you. Um, but the other thing is that, that it isn't a revenue source. Compliance <laughs> on its face doesn't make a company any money. Um, so I, I think that there, there's a perception that it is just a, a cost center. Oh, it's something that we have to do. And it, you know, it's always costing us more money. Um, I, I think being able to spin it to all of the money that, and executives within companies know this and compliance professionals know this, um, being able to spin it into something where we're actually saving the company money because of the work that we do. We're, we're, we're helping them avoid the fines and, you know, the regulatory sanctions and things like that. It's really true. I think it's a great moment, you know, for compliance. And I would tie it in with the risk frameworks that insurance organizations are putting together. I mean, being in a position to identify and manage regulatory risk, that's so important for every insurance entity. One thing that I want to touch on is, and especially with the environment that we're we're in now, I think um, we can all acknowledge that as, as a country and even globally, um, our, our economic position is uncertain. Um, insurance tends to be an industry that weathers recession well. And, and if we were to turn into a, a area of recession, um, I, I think that there are still opportunities and they, they may even increase in, in times of recession within the insurance industry. Can either of you guys talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, so, I, you know, this is something I've been thinking about as well, Bree. You know, as I was thinking about what's, what's attractive about working in the compliance industry, um, the, the, the insurance industry has always shown and an ability to be very stable and to be very resistant to economic downturns. Um, I've been doing this for 25 years now in the compliance industry and layoffs and things of that nature. They're, they're just so few and far between in comparison to, to what's going on in the rest of the world and in the other industries. Insurance has always been one of the backbone industries of the economy. It's not something that, that gets talked about a lot, certainly not in school necessarily, um, but it absolutely is one of the backbone industries of, of the economy. And the fact that it's so resistant to, to hard times and economic downturns really makes being in insurance, uh, you know, very attractive. But even kind of within the, the subset of, of compliance, it's also uh, it's just something that's not going away. State regulation, federal regulation of insurance companies is never going to go away. There is always going to be a need for compliance. John, I couldn't say it any better. Um, I just have to chime in, Bree. You know that you know over my thirty years in serving the insurance industry, there's always been a great halo or bubble around this industry, and COVID nineteen is no. Um, it's exactly what it, we're seeing right now. We're seeing energy and growth in the insurance sector. 
we're seeing unemployment lower than the national average by quite a bit. So I do completely agree, Sean, that people need to take a second or third or fourth look at the insurance industry and certainly the compliance discipline as really uh, sustainable and innovative and filled with growth. Yeah. And I think going back to something that Sean said is people don't talk about insurance and particularly they don't talk about it as a career. When they do talk about it, um, I, I think especially in a social setting, it comes with a negative connotation. People don't speak fondly about insurance very often. So I, I, the the population as a whole is less likely to think about and look for careers in insurance when when things get uncertain. This is a safe place to be, and and I think one of the things that you said, Margaret, about um, the unemployment rate being significantly lower is is an attestment to to the resiliency of the industry and the strength of it that we are able to be stable through these times and that companies have been able to adapt. And I know I work for a small regional carrier and we, it, we were in the office one day and the next day they had 300 employees set up to work from home. Um, I, I know there are a lot of companies and a lot of industries that have struggled much harder than we have to adapt to a mostly work from home workforce. So I did want to transition and, and talk a little bit more about what does it look like hiring people in an environment like this where we are, we're not able to bring people in for an in-person interview the same way that we were. And people might start a job or even a career brand new, never having been employed before with never having been on site to the company that they're working for. What does that look like? And what are you guys experiencing there? Uh, Brie, it is our new normal. Uh, the fact that we're doing virtual interviewing and virtual onboarding and creating relationships, you know, on the screen is really happening. And I'm very happy to say it's actually working. You know, we, we've had our first uh, official class of people that have been hired during this global pandemic. They have never stepped foot into the home office or the office of their organization. Who would have thought, you know, a year ago that we would be doing this? But we're seven months into it. And, you know, to exactly your point, Brie, the resiliency, the adaptability, you know, the ingenuity and the can-do spirit of this industry really is quite compelling and attractive. So it is, uh, I think it's here to stay for a while. Um, you know, as I look into Margaret's crystal ball, even though some organizations are moving into a hybrid model, um, a lot of interviewing is still taking place first on the screen. And then maybe a final interview would be in person in a socially distanced or masked kind of a setting, but in some organizations, they are not going to that hybrid and they're completely staying remote. 
So I think it is changing the way we certainly work and live and uh, finding new ways to use those human skills, to communicate, to build relationships on the two-dimensional uh, forefront. It is, uh, it is our next normal. Yeah, and Margaret, just to, to build off of that from, from my position, and, and part of this goes back to what you said, Bree, earlier about how quickly and how easily our industry was able to shift from what had been a long historic in, you know, on-site work environment uh, that was pretty regimented on-site work environment. Yeah, I think most companies were pretty hesitant to work from home on any kind of large scale. It was, you could do it on an exception basis, but the 100% work from home employee was rare at insurance companies. Absolutely. That, yeah, that was the norm. And, and most executives really kind of looked poorly on the concept of working remote. Um, but this has completely changed everybody's mindset and, and it changed quick. And everybody was quickly able to adjust to the remote working environment, so much so that um, here in the last 45 days, I hired a new employee. Um, we did all the interviews, uh, you know, via online video chat. Um, and quite frankly, I never thought twice about it. The fact that I wasn't meeting this person um, in my office, the fact that they weren't coming to visit. Um, she never thought twice about it from her perspective in terms of, geez, how am I going to get up and running? How's some of the technical issues going to work through, it was, it would just never crossed our minds. It was so easy. And, and I think that's just a testament to how this industry has been able to successfully shift to a remote environment so quickly. And looking in my crystal ball, I'm not going to be surprised if a lot of the industry, once, once things kind of get back to normal per se, uh, I'm not going to be surprised if a lot of the industry stays working remote. I think, you know, those are some of the things that we've thought about certainly internally here. Yeah, I know we've hired uh, a, a couple of individuals who, I mean, our our home office and main operations are out of Washington state. And we've hired a couple of people who are, are living and have no intention of moving out of the the New England states. So I, I think that you're very right in saying that companies are going to be and more open to that 100% remote employee. One of the things that I want to touch on is that AICP and many, many other organizations out there in the insurance world offer a certification and designation programs. Uh, at AICP, we have the ACP and CCP, but there are CPCU, uh, IRIS has a couple of designations. As hiring managers and, and, and a recruiter, how are designations and certifications viewed in the industry? Are they necessary? Are they a nice to have? Do, do they carry any weight? Yeah, from, from my position, they absolutely carry weight. They are certainly something that we look for. Um, again, I mentioned earlier that a lot of the folks that, that come into compliance um, at the entry level won't necessarily have experience, and, and we expect that. But when we start to get into some of the higher level job opportunities within our company, uh, it's almost mandatory that they need to have some sort of a, a designation to help show and, and demonstrate their their commitment, but also their their industry expertise. And 
and having those certifications and, and, and the experience of working in compliance really makes you a, a, a somewhat unique uh, employee in, in, in terms of being able to market yourself. And it makes it very easy for you to take the skills and the experience that you've learned at your current employer and transition into either a, a, a higher level position within your company or easily transfer that over to a, another company. It's uh, It really puts you in a unique position um, of somebody who has a very specified skill set that can easily transition to another job. That was perfectly said, Sean. Uh, the designations are so critical, and we do advise people to list them on their resumes, their LinkedIn bios, on their business cards, their digital business cards. Uh, it's just the uh, it's the mark of excellence, and I think it is truly recognized. Okay, so saying that, if if there was one designation for for candidates to to hold what would that be so on the uh, on from our perspective as as compliance experts on the life and health side we look for the FLMI the FLMI uh, also the HIA and the MHP designations and then on the PNC side as you referenced we look for the CPCU designation. So PNC has its own, life and annuity has its own, and then the health insurance industry has its own. So one of those three are really some of the keys that we're looking for. I, I agree. Um, it's back to my alphabet soup. So I would, I would tell you that it is really important, you know, that you understand whether it's the sector of PNC or healthcare or life or even reinsurance, what are the designations that people are watching for and looking for? And the CPCU isn't just for an underwriter. You know, having the ability to to get that designation in a variety of disciplines really uh, makes it more of one of those universal designations. Yeah, and the, the the final thing I'll mention is one of the unique things about AICP is that they do have very uh, compliance-focused designations. So the ability from, again, from my small niche of the industry, the, this compliance consulting sector that I operate in, finding somebody who has the ACP or the CCP designation from AICP, that's that's like the cherry on top because now I know they've got very specific compliance experience that I can rely on. That's fantastic to know, Sean. Okay, one last thing that I want us to touch on, and, and hopefully it's, it's something that our listeners can uh, take away with them and use is where can students in particular, but also other people who might be interested in or seeking out a, a role in compliance, whether it's something brand new to them or looking to advance their career, where can they look for compliance roles? So Bree, I had to think about that for a minute because there's such a, a variety of places that one can go. So I would say to those 
emerging um, professionals or those looking to be career changers. The Insurance Careers Movement um, has a great site that opens some doors to the industry. I always say that the associations also are a great gateway, uh, like yours, uh, to be able to lead you to a particular organization. A particular organization's website always is a great place. Um, and I'm going to say really the hidden, you know, the hidden place that you can find that next role is through your network letting people like you, Brie, or Sean or myself know that you're interested in a career in compliance. Uh, can I learn from you, uh, do an informational interview, get some ideas, um, some mentorship, you know, on an informal basis, that informal network really is very, very active and it does work. That's one of the things that AICP really does best is that informal network. Yeah, no, yeah, I completely agree uh, with what both of you guys have said. Building that network is is really the key to this, um, whether that's through uh, contacts that you have personally, whether it's via an association such as AICP. I'll, I'll be honest, and I'm, I promise I'm not trying to pander to AICP, but we get a lot of our our leads and, and new prospects in terms of employees, uh, we get a lot of those through AICP. And most of that's just through the network that we have within that organization. And a lot of that carries over uh, to other platforms such as, as LinkedIn. Uh, that's another way I have a lot of individuals reach out to me personally, um, asking if maybe there are opportunities within my company. Uh, so that's, that's another way that's pretty common. It's true. AICP is just a, it's a wonderful community. You know, there's so much sharing and learning and collaboration and that spirit of collegiality that really welcomes people. And, you know, I see a lot of sharing, um, a lot of kind of crossing over and, you know, interchanging information from the life sector to the PNC sector to the healthcare sector, that doesn't happen all the time. And I do think that the compliance area is one where there's a lot of transferability and that sharing and that networking is very much baked into your DNAs. So I compliment all of you for that. Thank you. Uh, I think I think the transferability is one thing that it does go unrecognized a lot of the time is that just because you've spent 10 or 15 or 20 years in property and casualty uh, doesn't mean that your skills and knowledge don't transfer over to life and health and vice versa. And I think that also applies when we're talking about moving from one segment of the industry to another. I've seen lots of people who started with a state regulatory agency who have moved into roles with companies or people who are working with companies who have moved into consulting, working with Sean and, and then moving from consulting back to working for a company or uh, a regulatory agency. There's, there's positive movement among those different factions of our industry. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Like, like I said earlier, it's just such a unique skill set, and it's so easily uh, the ability to transfer it to to any of those directions you just mentioned is is so easy and seamless. I, I can testify to that here. 
we typically bring in folks here who have either property and casualty experience or life and health experience, but typically not both. Um, but as a consulting firm, we operate in all of those spaces. And so it's important once they get here that they have the ability to, to grow and branch out into some of those other lines that they hadn't been used to. And it really is a seamless process. Well, I want to take just another moment to thank you both. Is there anything additional I haven't asked that you're just dying to share with us? <laughs> Bree, what a fun conversation this has been with you and Sean. And it makes me smile because truly um, the insurance industry and certainly the compliance arena, there's a lot of mission and service and heart. Uh, in everything that you do. So it's it's a pleasure to uh, to hear you both in action and uh, build this pipeline of talent. Thank you. Yeah, and, and from my end, I guess the only thing that I, I feel like I, I really need to clear the air on is something you mentioned earlier, Bree, about compliance not being sexy. Um, <laughs> don't, don't believe the hype. You can you can make compliance as sexy as you want to be. I feel like I'm the sexiest guy in the building walking through and everybody points at me and says, ooh, that's that compliance guy. So <laughs> I love it. It's all about the branding, Sean. And I that's think right. it's really true. And Bree, there is so much sizzle and energy. It is a sexy business. And there's an opportunity there. And you know, I think that the spotlight has to be put on that. And I I am here to Hey, I am on board. <laughs> Thank you, Margaret. <laughs> I will wholeheartedly accept that you have both proven me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> In all seriousness, though, thank you, Bree. I really appreciate you and AICP for having both Margaret and I on. This, this has been a lot of fun. It really yes, has. and and we just we just appreciate you guys too. Thank you for sharing your time and your knowledge and your expertise. Our, our audience is going to enjoy this immensely. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Thank you.